the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. I'm from down south where we always got sunshine. They say you can't be a light if it wasn't for the dark side. Some days you gotta smile through all the broken times It'll all be fine, it's all in your mind, oh yeah We were paralyzed by fear, now we more than kids We up, our need is chasing dreams, chasing dreams California dreaming, oh yeah You know that we just chasing dreams, chasing dreams California dreaming oh, Let me be really very clear uh, the president's behavior in terms of his obstruction of justice, the things that he is doing, it's very clear. It's in plain sight. It cannot be. This is Nancy Pelosi here. Obstruction of justice. Yes, these could be impeachable offenses. Uh, but I intend not to. We're, we're there are three things. I didn't doctor this tape at all. Here. Understand it better if you remember these three things. We want to follow the facts. To get the truth to the American people. That's important. With a recognition, too, that no one is above the law. And three, that the president is engaged in a cover-up. And that is what my statement is. How we deal with it is a decision that our caucus makes. Our caucus is very much saying whatever we do, we need to be ready when we do it. And I do think that impeachment is a very divisive place to go in our country. And what we can get the facts to the American people through our investigation, it may take us to a place that is unavoidable in terms of impeachment or not. Uh, but we're not at that place yet. Well, there you go. We are in a place of divisiveness, I would, California, I would argue. California dreaming, Carrie. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Um, you know, I, you know that was this week, you know, the thing about the cover-up. But, you know, and then I'm sure she was praying for... Trump, remember you hear okay. you hear her saying that. Well, it's always good to pray for people. Yeah, I mean, good good people or bad people, prayers yeah, are yeah. always good. And so, here, this is you know, happy Memorial Day weekend, right? Yeah, military bride. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure, it's some Chuck and does he do anything? Do you guys? You know? We usually go to the parade. Other years, we've gone to the military sem- cemeteries and. Okay. I don't know what our plans are yet. So I'm California dreaming, Carrie. All right. Yeah. So I'm catching a flight later today. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'll be gone off to L.A., 
you know, with the miracle, uh, mm-hmm. my miracle, uh, you know, Z-Gen child. Right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so California Dream of it. I, I wonder how, you know, how do you get an audience with our new national prayer leader, Nancy Pelosi, out in California? You think I could do that? Mm-hmm. I don't uh, know. But uh, you'll see, you know, we'll see how it goes. I, I just think this whole thing, you know, is anything getting done? No, well, it's more difficult. Well, somewhat, but not. I don't yeah. think enough. Well, let's. I think about- it's all problems and talk, and it. it uh, that's why when she said more divisive, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe in my lifetime, or remember a time as as divisive as it is now. Well, Nancy Pelosi, of course, um, and the House passed the Secure Act, right? Okay, so we've talked about Yeah, and it was a very cross the board. It was mm-hmm. the vote was what four hundred and thirty seven. I like, think that's like three, a miracle milestone. The three. Speaking of miracles, so that will happen. Now it's not law yet. We'll talk about that. Why don't you get us going? All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We are an educational financial radio talk program. We've been doing this program for a number of years, and it's sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is a fee-based, Ohio-registered fiduciary planning firm that helps people solve problems, save money. We're not investment advisors. If you listen to the show, we help people who are working and thinking about their future retirement and people who are already in their retirement with various issues that can impact your um, longevity in your plan and help people use opportunities and avoid potential problems. And we also are known for objective analysis so that people get the most net benefit from the choices they face. Our role is to do enough analysis and number crunching and make people aware of issues. You don't know what you don't know. Um, And um, since we are fee-based, we both have hourly and retainer options for people depending on your needs. We offer a free consultation for people who want to come in and see our process is different. We also have our June planning classes I have posted on the website. These are the last classes we're going to do until fall. They're both in Middleburg Heights. June 11th is the IRA and Roth planning class. And if you're 59 and a half or older and you have IRAs, company plans, 403Bs, 457s, 401Ks, um, or similar assets, we're talking about rules when it comes to these assets, costly mistakes and misconceptions, strategies that you can use to minimize the long-term tax impact of these assets, Roth contributions versus Roth conversion rules and techniques, showing you the impact in many cases of minimum required distribution. And because people make mistakes with this um, or just default to minimum required distribution, they don't realize they end up paying more taxes than necessary. So we're talking about that on June 11th at three o'clock in Middleburg Heights, three to attend. Then June 18th, um, I'm sorry, June 19th at 6 o'clock is our class for people in retirement or thinking about their retirement. Uh, details are at financialfoodforthought.com. Again, they're both free. We have some great handouts included. And we'll c- continue to remind people to sign up for those classes. Okay, thanks, Karen. And you'll give those dates and mm-hmm. times out again before the show's over. Listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And, you know, we have to deal or, you know, we've building clients plans for that long time. We have gone through lots of lots of tax law changes where we always, uh, you know, throw up a little, you know, flag here and saying, you know, it's not law until it's law. Right. There's lots of tax bills. There's lots of proposals that we're going into an election year. So obviously there's going to be lots of campaign promises. 
by presidential hopefuls and other candidates running for office. And I don't, you know, hold my breath for a lot of the campaign promises. You need a lot of votes in this country to get a permanent tax law change. But uh, as I said, you know, Nancy Pelosi, who now Speaker of the House and then the, and the Democrats have control of the House, they got something done with the Republican support and, you know, secure it. But, you know, the, Nancy made other news. You know, she was in Cleveland or Columbus, I should say, Ohio, okay. Columbus at the beginning or that last weekend. Right. Somehow you about I missed that. that. OK. Mm-hmm. She was the, the main speaker at the Democratic Party legacy dinner. OK. Um, they said more than a thousand people attended. Um filling up a ballroom in Columbus Convention Center. Mm. Okay. Um, so, you know, at, at that evening, she started the same thing. You heard her quote early, you know, what I played right. earlier. Do you like that song, by the way, Karen? You've heard that song? No, I've never heard that song. Okay. Um, she, yeah. I, this is a this is a guy named... I can't imagine listening. I mean, hearing her speak yet, sound, I mean, I don't know. I couldn't listen to her a speech. That's why I probably didn't pay attention. You'd rather it's, listen to this song? I'd much rather listen to this This song. is Matthew David Morris. Okay. He's he's a, uh, you know, a YouTube sensation. Huh. He just There's cuts, a lot of those. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. He just cuts <laughs> music and... Like, my kids will say, oh, did you hear this song? And I'm like, what are you talking... And then we'll hear it on the radio. They said, oh, it's a YouTuber. Yeah. Um, that's what the Z generation is into. They just, you know, they, they, you know, but, you know, so anyways, Nancy, so what'd she say at the Democratic convention in Columbus last week? And she said, well, we will start to make progress in the lives of the people. That's our responsibility. But we also investigate to defend our democracy and hold this president accountable. This will be all about the presentation of the facts. We owe that to the American people. Oh, good. Um, facts, not feelings. Right. Great. She, she also said, um, you know, speaking of about Ohio, you know, and specifically, you know, it's a great American state. It's a state everyone wants to win. And to win, you have to fight. You have to fight to turn Ohio blue. So she was trying to, you know, rev up the Democratic. So we'll see. So we'll see how many of the presidential candidates make their way into Ohio and in our area up here in northern Ohio during the 2020 election. Um all right. So what's the Secure Act all about? You know, we talked about this on this show and going back and, you know, for for a long time. And remember, there there were really two um, there there were really two, uh, you know, bills, one that was developing in the House. Right. And one in the Senate. And one that was developing in the Senate. And the Senate one, you know, President Trump used to talk about. Right. And. Remember, that was called RESA, right? right? You know, the Retirement Enhancement Savings Act. Right. So that one has already been going. But then the House started their version and they call it, what do they call it? Secure. Okay. Okay. The um, setting every community up for retirement enhancement. Which I think it's a start, but I still, on okay. either bill, I don't think it's going to be. Well, I don't know if it's all our problems. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's something, but I mean, right, again, it's, it's not going. It's not going to save the baby boomers retirement. But let's talk I, about right. it, right? Or because I, don't I know, know I don't everyone's think, interested in it, and I don't think it's going to save the middle class. Hmm. Okay, uh, because they can invent a million more ways for people to save money. That doesn't mean we all will. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know. Now. Um, all right. So I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because this is not law yet, mm-hmm. but it will become law. I mean, they had a vote of 417 to three in the House, and it's not that different from the RESA bill in right. the Senate. It's it's it's, it's going to nice happen. that they're coming together. So everyone's was always complaining about that famous 70 and a half rule. Right, Carrie? Well, it will be gone. 
Okay, it will become age 72. Now, okay. if, you're, if you're excited about that, okay. Right. I don't know how many people can wait till 72 to start right. taking money out of their, their savings. Well, uh, wait or, a second. Or maybe maybe you shouldn't wait until 70 half or now it's maybe the new right. 72. Okay, second, a second provision would let people to make IRA contributions at any age. They would lift the 70 and a half current restriction on contributing to IRAs. Okay. Just like right now, there's no age limit to contribute to Roth IRAs. So in theory, I could have to take a minimum required distribution, but if I'm still working, I can contribute to yeah. offset it. Bring, I guess you take it in, <laughs> take it out, take it out, put it back in. Make it a wash. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, next, it would encourage 401k plans to offer the annuity. annuities by laying out a way for plants for plans to limit their liability if the annuity provider fails to make future payments. But that was what a big thing on the RISA. Right. ERISA had a law. You know, ERISA was back in 1970. Are you talking about the RISA or ERISA? The okay. new one. Okay. Well, well I'm not. <laughs> okay. No. Because we did spend time on yeah. previous shows saying well, that yes. was a thing where it was pensions are trying to bring that back and offering more of a fixed income right. within the 401k earlier this year. Last year. We were talking about it. It was okay. the, the 40th anniversary of the 401k, right? right? And and after 40 years, they realized it's a complete failure. So how many months did everybody, this all take for I, everybody? I don't know. Green? I can't keep count. But <laughs> but the idea, it's not law yet. But but the thing was, you know, people realized, well, maybe those guaranteed annuity, uh, pension payments weren't such a bad thing. Right. Okay. So now it's going to be, you know, it, it's going back in. And, and and the reason why the 401ks did not have them in there was because of the ERISA rule back in 74 which said that um, you know they the company or the plan could be held responsible if they provided an annuity that was supposed to be the retiree's pension when they retired, and the insurance company went belly up. So then people didn't want to do that because that's so a pe- liability. So that w- the companies would be held responsible for that. <coughs> Excuse me. That's why none of them, very few, had them. Um, they say only about nine percent of the four hundred one k plan sponsors currently even offer. You know, in plan annuity. Okay. Um, and remember AIG, mm-hmm. the large insurance company, had to be bailed out by the government because there were ones that provided a lot of the teachers, uh, unions, mm-hmm. annuity pensions. Right. Right. Um, and boom, if they would have gone belly up, but no, the government had to bail them out. So this, uh, the SECURE Act would alter the language a bit from ERISA that um, would protect the companies. Okay. Um, an updated language would cover the selection of a provider with a clean bill of health from state insurance. Okay. So, but does this sound confusing? So what they're saying is, um, to protect the company. So they would offer these, you would have, the companies would have to get, you know, they would have to get language in the law said that would cover the selection of a provider with a clean bill of health from state insurance regulators. Well, who's going to monitor that? So apparently, you know, you know, does anybody else see that there could be a problem with this? Um, you know, and could the insurance industry play games here? Yeah, I mean, it's very ambiguous how they would watchdog that. You know, that, that that somehow the companies would say to the government, "Well, this is the insurance company I'm choosing to provide the annuities that you're telling me I have to provide to my employees." Right. And if they got a clean, and so maybe they got a good clean of health this year, but if these guys, if these employees aren't going to retire for 20 years, mm. are they grandfather? I don't get it. I think there's going to be problems here. Um, all right. So what else is going on? Um, 
Okay, another uh, thing that people have been looking for is that it would let um, uh, you know more access to the fifty nine and a half rule. Okay, okay, so, I mean having more flexibility and right. accessing my IRAs or company plans, those tax qualified assets. You mean in the event of because right now you can do it for medical. I think. Um, first home a little bit for first home and education i believe um for college yeah for college education so now it would let new parents withdraw five thousand dollars from retirement accounts penalty free to cover expenses related to their new child daycare um I, is that Diapers. unlimited i wonder How? if you have like four kids or? yeah is it five well they need to clear yeah five thousand um, per child or is um, it five thousand per person can i use it for account? anything can I use it to, you know, buy a uh, Corvette for the, my newborn? Yeah, because you need help, it, like, for you know, because it'll be worth a lot speed, more yeah. when it'll be. <laughs> I'll, I'll perform the four hundred one k plan for him when he's eighteen. Um, all right, let's see. Um, another provision it would establish open uh, multiple employer plans, which lets small employees band together to offer common four hundred one k plan to workers. So the big thing right now is small companies. Don't offer 401k plans or not required to, and it's very expensive for them. Right, because the administration part of it. So it it would allow small companies to get together to bring down the overall cost. That's I'm fine with that. Okay. Okay. Um, More on the annuity plans. uh, Somewhat, change our plans would be required to disclose or illustrate how a participant's 401k account balance would translate into a future guaranteed income stream. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or, or any insurance. You know, in other words, just well, do we really need an act of Congress to illustrate yeah, what, a, what, what a what a what a what a what amount of money would last in retirement? I mean, how, we've been kind of doing that for our clients for right, a few decades, yeah. Gary. Right? Of course, that's how you got to build a financial plan. Right? You know, you got to know your number, and you mm-hmm. got to say, okay, if I retire with this amount, you know. Now, again, that's what that's what my you know that's I always talk about the you know sometimes the people that are selling the annuities, right? That they always talk about the guaranteed income stream and how great that is, and that's fine, but they never get around to saying how much you got to pay them, the insurance company, to get that right. guaranteed income or stream. Or if you get an annuity, which annuities aren't good or bad, it depends how they fit. A lot of times people come in and they have these guaranteed income riders, which they don't know when should they turn them on, how much, over what, and how they really work. Right. Um, let's see. There's some 529 plan changes. You know, okay. we, we had some last year in, in Trump's right, tax act. Because right? now you can use it for secondary education. Uh, so it's limited, though. Right. It's like 10,000. Right. Now, um, now the, so there was a lot of there was they were going more in that direction. Now, the early versions had a lot of changes in the final version that got passed by the House. We're talking about the SECURE Act that the House of Representatives passed this last week. Very uh, overwhelmingly, a 417 to three vote. That's why it's it will become law, in my opinion. They just it's just got to be, be reconciled with the Senate's version, the RISA Act, and then there will be a final version that everyone will agree on, and I think it will happen. Um, but anyways, the five twenty nine plan. So early versions in the in the Secure Act was um, that that they were going to allow the five twenty nine accounts to be used for like homeschooling. Private elementary and high school but, without any but in all restriction. Honesty, other than books, what is homeschool? Schooling cost. Well, I mean, maybe to you for know, I guess textbooks and materials. Well, I guess mom. But is, I thought some. Well, maybe mom's staying home to and, homeschool and to, maybe to, to cover some costs. Okay, okay. Um, guess who wasn't too excited about this in the in the bill? 
public schools? The unions, obviously. Right. So that, that kind of got yanked, right? Um, and special needs students. So I don't know. Anyways, but the bill still allows funds in the final version in 529 plans to be used to pay for student loans and apprenticeships. Student loans is a huge one. Okay. Um, right. So those are some of the, um, you know, those are some of the things now. So you could set up a 529 line and get the tax deduction in theory. And if your kids have loans, they can use that when they graduate college to pay off the loans. I get the tax deduction. Right. Hmm. Or grandparents. Maybe, you know what? That'd be great for people who maybe think, well, my kids are done. Right. Now, again, this is not law yet. This is the bill that passed the House. Right. And it's, it's now will be bounced back to the Senate. It'll be reconciled with the RESA bill, and then there will, I assume, there'll be some final version with, you know, amendments on each side. Do you think maybe this year at this time we'll talk about? I think it will be done this year. Okay. All right. Um, Now, uh, how are they going to pay for it? Well, one of the things that this the the Secure Act said is that they're going to change the withdrawal rules on inherited IRAs. Oh, okay. So they're going to play around with the stretch IRA. Okay, and so apparently you're not going to be able to stretch it out. You know, the stretch IRA is if you're a non-spouse beneficiary, you would have to begin, you know, there's no spousal rollover for the child, right, Carrie? Right. So the child can't make mom's IRA their own. It, it, it's, it remains a, the, the decedent's IRA, and it's what we call uh, inherited IRA or a beneficiary IRA where the child is named as a beneficiary and they can't make it their own. They can't commingle it with their own IRAs. They can't defer to 70 and a half for their required minimum required minimums in that case have to begin a year after death. Right. Um, And then, but it's based on that child's life expectancy table, which could be very long. It's a long stretch out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, apparently the the government to pay for this, these other changes, they want the, the, the beneficiaries of the IRAs, the children to pay quicker. Okay. Which means, and typically we see, and one thing we're going to talk about at the IRA class on June 11th at three o'clock, by the way, if you want to sign up for it, um, it's a free class is, um, a lot of times when people leave or intend to leave, maybe they didn't use the IRA it's one of the most expensive assets to leave your heirs because typically they get it when they're high in peak earning years. And that disbursement, even though it's you can stretch it out, is um, when they're at those peak earning years at a higher tax bracket and they're paying. And frankly, beneficiaries don't have to stretch it out, and oftentimes they don't. So those are things we're talking about at the class, since Mark just mentioned it. On June 11th at 3 o'clock, make sure you sign up for the IRA and Roth planning class or June 19th, we have the retirement planning class, or you can come in for a free, no obligation consultation. We've been helping people for more than 34 years. We're accredited and A-rated members on the Better Business Bureau. We're Super Service Award winner multiple years on Angie's List. And we help people with a variety of issues, which you can see on the website also at financialfoodforthought.com. But you can give us a call and sign up. We won't be there on Monday. Um but we will give you a call back on our first business day back, and you can call 440-239-2090, leave a voicemail, or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Any email from the website, you will get a reply. And of course, I won't be there any day now because I'll be yeah. in L.A., so I'll talk, you know. So are you doing the show next week, Harry? I don't think so. So so everyone will hear this show again? I can do it, so yeah, probably. So if you miss anything today's show, you can probably catch (laughs) it next week. Or you can always check on our podcast. Right. Uh, Go to whkradio.com. 
and local radio, and we're um, the drop-down of um, Financial Food for Thought. I'm also in the next week, I'm hoping by the second time, if you're listening again, that we have the, we're working on making um, changes to our website, making it mobile-friendly, and also having a link to those podcasts right on our website. I consider doing a remote from L.A., but the time difference just yeah. I don't think would work out. But um, we'll see how that goes. And and so I hope it's sunshine like it should be sunny all the time. I don't feel any warmer than, than Cleveland, but it should be. I think we'll a little bit more chance of sunshine. Um, all right. Now, as we said, so the SECURE Act is moved out of the House. Um, overwhelming vote. A lot of bipartisan support for it. There will be also a lot of bipartisan support in the Senate. It, this is going to get done. This is going to be the first major changes to the qualified plans in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So, but it's still a little bit early to start changing your plans because we really have to wait to the final, 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 final version and then see what actually they, you know, uh, you know, compromise on and and some of the limits and actual some of the dollars. So stay tuned. I think this will get done. And if you're thinking about retiring in the next few years or if you're turning 70 and a half in the next few years, you want us to you want to keep your ears open to this these law changes. Mm-hmm. It may change your mind accordingly. Or come to our classes. Well, so obviously we at our classes that are, will be ongoing. I know we're, you know we just have the two classes left before the summer break. And then we'll pick them up again in the fall. I don't know if we'll have a final version passed by fall, but going into the twenty twenty year. I mean, I'm thinking they they maybe want to get this done before the twenty twenty election year, Carrie. Well, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Um, but obviously when it is done, our classes will be, you know, zeroing in on this as well as these future radio shows. Okay. And, and, and what I'm saying is, okay, more ways to save. Okay. But you know, not, that doesn't make people save. I mean, there's been plenty of ways to save money. Right. Okay. You know why? Some people don't, aren't able to save because they don't have the, the discretionary income. Okay. We know why a lot of the millennials aren't saving. Student loan debt. No. Any okay. other guesses? Echo anxiety. What? Echo anxiety. Okay. I've never heard that word. That's when you're psychologically so worried and depressed about climate change that you don't think it's why even plan for anything. Because remember, you know, Sandy's well, you know saying what? we're, you know, we're all going to, you know, be done in 12 right? years. Did you see on the headline this uh, end of this week where she got in trouble by the weatherman that said that it was the climate change that caused some of these tornadoes? <laughs> well, and then <laughs> the she, weatherman then she, said, well, now no, she's back. This is that. The she time was, of year. And she was like, I was only kidding about the 12 years. Come on. Can't you guys take a joke? Well, apparently now people, you know, a lot of millennials aren't th- right. doesn't think she was joking. But, but you know, like one of our philosophies, which has been a long time since we started uh, at the estate plan, was plan for the worst, hope for the best. But you still have to plan what, okay, in their case, it's saying if it doesn't matter, wouldn't you want to plan? What if you're wrong? Right. I mean, and that's true of planning. You build a plan, what your current thinking is. And what we do at the estate planning, we build these other scenarios, whether it be a plan of a market correction. Is that going to affect? Some people want to see, let's look at a market correction in the year I retire because that's the most devastating. We did a quiz a while ago. Um, what about a long-term care stay? What about a premature death of a spouse? What if I lose my job because I see the company downsizing? Like all those different scenarios, you still want to have a plan in place to address those issues. So basically they're not doing anything because they're upset. Well, while most millennials say they are not saving because they simply can't afford to, for others it's about the feeling that they may not have a future to save for. So they might as well live it up now? Um, 
the psychological the American Psychological Association with seventy two percent saying their emotional well being is affected by the inevitability of climate change compared with just fifty seven percent of the people over the age forty five. Do you know this is I blame the colleges that are are making kids for finals. No, week. the coloring books, the bubbles, the the counselors, the the support animals, which I love animals, but. You know, because we get out in the real world and we don't know how to deal with stress. I don't know if I have echo anxiety, (laughs) but I can certainly. (laughs) This this gets my blood boiling. All right, so you know, you got college grad, any grads? Tell them that you know you better save, even though we're you know the world's going to end. Yeah, I don't have to worry about mine. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, if mine came home and said they had echo anxiety, there would be issues in my house. Um. All right, we've got, you know, we, we talked a little bit last week about the pension plans. You just mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, pension, which that's another thing that we help clients, you know, for over 34 years, help them work through their pension elections, right? Because we spent a lot of time last week talking about don't make a quick decision. Right. You know, I'm going to do lump sum because that's what the guy down the hall, I'm going to do this election. I'm going to do 100% survivorship because. Right. So if you miss that one, you can go back and listen to that podcast. Um, but when we ran out of time in last week's show, we were talking about, you know, last week we focused on the lump sum versus the pension annuity, right. you know, option. But we started ending, we started going on before the show ended to talking about the pension maximizer, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's a marketing term that many financial professionals use. And it's the idea that, you know, maybe you don't have a lump sum option or maybe you've already decided you're not going to go with the lump sum option. Right. Right. So you're going to go with one of the pension annuities. But you've got five choices. Right. You know, from the mm-hmm. single life annuity to the, you know, 100 percent survivorship, 75, 50, 25. You a know, 10 it used certain. to be couple and now it's gotten bigger and bigger. Right. So if you're single, obviously you're going with the single life annuity. You know, the, 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 you know now maybe not. Maybe you want a single uh, with life certain because you have someone that you're responsible for their care. Like a 10-year term certain where you say, well, I, I want to make, what if I don't, what if I die the day after I take my single life annuity? So I have children, I, so I'm going to choose a life annuity with a 10-year term certain, meaning if I die, at least it'll continue paying out to one of my heirs for 10 years. So at years. least I get something out of it, right. Right. But, um, you know, so, you know, again, but let's look at the more common one where of a couple and the pension maximizer, this is promoted by a lot of life insurance salesmen, right? Because it's using life insurance in the solution, mm-hmm. right? And it's generally like, so here's a case, Carrie, that I pulled out. This is one of our, uh, re- this is a real case. And when we looked at the clients, we, we want to say, we want to, te- we want to look at the spread difference between the single life annuity payment monthly right. and if you went with the most conservative, which is the 100% survivorship. Okay. Now, this is why you don't ask your neighbor what pension election they made, because they might have the same numbers that you do, right? Mm-hmm. You, that's why, you know, the, the math is the same for everyone. Right, the formulas. But And, and the analysis uh, is the same, but the solution isn't always the same. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, that's why you have to run your own numbers and crunch your own numbers and sharpen your own elbows. And and the other thing we warned about last week is just don't ask the the guy that retired a month before you what he did. You know, which right. is, you know, which is mo- what most people do because mm-hmm. they figure, well, Joe retired a month ago. I'm sure he did the right analysis. Well, guess what? Joe might not have worked at the company as long or maybe worked um, longer and has different options than right. you too. So, you know, so how does this basically work? So we're going to do some spreadsheets on radio because that's always so popular with our okay. listeners. All right. Um, so in this case, the single life annuity, the monthly payment was going to be $5,150. Annually, 61800 Okay. Okay. 
The 100% survivorship, the most conservative, right? Right. It would be a monthly payment of $4,200 or an annual $50,400. That's a pretty wide spread. That's right. $950 a month, $11,400 a year for the rest of your life. You know, if, if, if it was your pension and you live a long time, that's a lot of money. Yeah, 11000 a year could be some home improvement. Let's they say, you know, some- John lives 65, you know, let's say 65 when he retires. Let's say he goes 22 years. Okay, 11400 a year. That's 250000 cumulative over his retirement. That's a second home scenario. That's a, that's a vacation home. That's a lot of travel. <laughs> that's a, some nice upgrades to your house. That's buying more better health care. Right. Okay. Um, maybe helping kids out or grandkids. Mm-hmm. Because if, if, if John takes the most conservative, the 100% survivorship, um, and lives, that's money the company keeps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, but John's course is, yeah, but Mark, I know what's happening to me. I'm going to take that, you know, single life annuity. I'm going to hit by a bus, you know, the day after I make that. My wife's going to be devastated. Right. Okay. So what we want to do is we say, okay, so this is where the life insurance salesmen come in, right? They say, John, no problem. You're going to take that spread and you're going to buy a life insurance policy on you. Okay. Okay. So if you do get hit by a bus, the death benefit will be there to replace the loss of pension to your spouse. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, this is called the pension maximizer theory, right? Because who's really paying for that life insurance policy? Your company. The company, because it's money that if you take the 100% survivorship, they were never going to pay you anyways. Right. Okay. Um, Now, you could say, okay, well, you know, now here's where the life insurance agents get, you know, I, I, you know, you better coordinate advisors, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes they would look at that $11,400 spread and say, Carrie, see, that's how much that could buy a lot. That $11,000 a year could buy a lot of life insurance. Right. If you're healthy enough. Well, if you're going to use the whole spread. Why do the spread? Then I would pick 100%. Yeah, because it's not giving you any other spending. So why would you use the whole spread just to buy life insurance? So we say hmm, planning. Wonder team, why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we <laughs> say. What well, about? I was going to say. What about taking the analysis of what your spouse would need? But that's a whole other level. Oh, that takes work, right? Okay, um, that's what we do, right? You know, and so so state. You know, so listen. All right. So so we usually start by saying, well, no, we're not going to use the hundred percent of the spread no. to buy life insurance. We, we're trying to get a you know. We're trying to get you more spendable yeah. dollars. So, but what if we? What if we're willing to use fifty percent of the spread? Okay. Just as a starting point. Okay. Okay. So in this case, that would be $5,700 a year. Okay. So we're getting an extra 11400 a year for taking the single life. And we're saying, what would 5700 buy? Could that buy enough life insurance to protect Mary? Okay. Because hmm. um, if it does, why wouldn't you do it? Right. You know, uh, tell me why you wouldn't do it. If right. you're not healthy enough to well, get Well, I mean, it. if you, yeah, if the, if the right. amount could buy enough insurance. Well, a lot of people don't know how to calculate how much insurance they need, right? Because you could say, well, you know, if I'm going to be, um, you know, if, if I'm going to be, Mark, you know, and, and what would we have to replace? So remember, you're, if, by taking a single life, they're going to get 61800 a year, Carrie, right? If they took the 100% survivorship, they'd only be getting 50400 That's the amount of income replacement we need to replace. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're not trying to replace the 61800 Right. Because Mary was never going to get that anyways. Right. What she was going to get by taking the 100% survivorship was the 50400 
Right. So we're going to say, okay, what if, you know, so 50,400, but what if, what if Mary survives for 22 years, right? Right. Okay, that's a million one. Right. Mark, that's a lot of life death benefit we're going to have to buy. Right. A million. Well, no, you don't necessarily need a million one because Mary doesn't need all that money on day one. Right. You need to use what growth rate do you want to use? Right. She needs 50400 a year for the next 22 years. Mm-hmm. And the balance that she, de- remember, because the death benefit is going to be paid out to her income tax-free. Mm-hmm. Okay. But she doesn't need it all at once. Right. So the balance is going to be growing for the future. Mm-hmm. So what we're looking for is the like the present value discount of one point one million. In other words, to say is what what lump sum death benefit would need to be in place if we're going to assume. Let's say we assume it earns five percent a year. Carrie, OK, right? now this is how you customize it. Right. If you think your investment rate of return is less than five, use less than five. If you think it's more, use more. Yeah, this is you know, or maybe ask the robot to run it a couple of different ways. Right. OK. Um, now, so let's use five, you know, oh, so can you do that math in your head, Carrie? No, I cannot. No, no. Some of them, no, I'm going to save you. Okay. The robot. Okay. The, the answer is $670,000. Okay. So if you had $670,000 death benefit payout, that would, you know, and assuming that that was, you reinvest that earning 5% a year, it would be able to replace the 50,400 for 22 years. Okay. Okay. If that, if that, you know, you got to adjust this, customize this to your own figure numbers, right? But that one, in this case, you know, that was going to take, you know, Mary, you know, out to her, you know, age 90. Okay. Now, um, all right. So now you're saying, okay, so can 5700 a year buy a $670,000 life insurance policy? Well, this is where medical writing, medical right. writing comes in. The age of the you know insured comes right. in, and all those things. Um, now, a lot of times what you're looking for is permanent insurance, right? Because you want this guaranteed right. to pay out, right? And and as opposed to a term policy, right? Right. Um, but a lot of times the spread, or half the spread in this case, isn't enough to buy permanent insurance for that level, right? So a lot of people say, "Oh, I guess we're done. It doesn't work." No. Well, we hold don't, on. We keep coming up with ideas. Maybe you go drill down a little bit further because one of the things about income replacement needs as a, as a planning issue is that it's a disappearing problem. Right. Every year that John lives, the need goes down. Right. So theoretically, your need of a death benefit to protect the spouse goes down every year John lives. Right. Okay. so let's just do it. We're on the radio. We're going to do it real simply. Right. So let's say you you talk to your insurance agent and they can't get you. They're saying, sorry, John, you know, fifty seven hundred isn't going to buy a six hundred seventy thousand guaranteed, you know, permanent life insurance policy. Okay. Um, well, then maybe you want to ask that agent. Okay. Well, I don't. You know, I'm trying to do 22 years, right? So let's cut it in half, just for, for simple. So let's say I'm looking for a, you know, 15 year term policy because that's going to be a lot cheaper, right? Right. And then maybe a permanent policy for the difference. Okay. So in other words, the idea is you're you're taking that spread, the 5700 in our example, and you're buying both a, a like a 10 or 15 year term and a permanent policy. Okay. The combined death benefit to be the 6, you know, right. um what are, the 670 that we need. Right. So maybe it's, you know, we're looking for a, you know, $400,000 term and a 300, you know, or you know, a th- or a $300,000 term and a you know, $300,000 permanent policy, you know, that type of thing. Because that would that would lower the overall cost of the annual premium, right? And then if John survives for fifteen years, the term policy can expire, mm-hmm. and that premium goes away, and he's left with the permanent policy that'll go on forever. Okay. 
because half the income replacement need is gone by then. Right. If John survives that long. So on day one, you've got the 670, and at some time in the future, it drops to the permanent piece. That's the concept, right? And, and you may have to go and you have to look that ratio, you know, how much of the term versus permanent and stuff like that. But in the end, what we try to go back and make sure is that, hey, in the end, can you get enough permanent insurance? Because that's really what we're looking for, that right. guaranteed payout. Right. And if Mary doesn't need it, it may, what Mary dies first, John can make another decision about the permanent policy. Right. Or he might just want to leave the tax-free Beth that benefit for his kids. Right. Okay. Um, or he could cash it out or whatever. Um, but the idea is we want that guaranteed permanent piece coming back because mm-hmm. term is not guaranteed ever to pay out, right? Right. And by the way, we want that enough of that death benefit on the guaranteed piece to make sure that it co- recovers every dollar of premiums we paid along the way. Right. Okay. Now we're saying, hey, why wouldn't I do that if I'm still insurable? And why is it important to do that? Because you're going to actually get net spendable dollar, more net spendable dollars and put more money in your pocket and save money in the long run by taking the time to look. And that's a great example of what we do with the estate planning team and how we're always looking for multiple solutions to solve a problem for our client and do enough objective analysis. The estate planning team is known for the comprehensive planning customized planning and coordinated effort of advisors, but there's times people come in just for the pension analysis or Social Security or IRA distribution, Roth conversion. Um, We've been around for more than 34 years, really trying to help people solve problems, save money, use opportunities in the complicated tax code, and how to get the most net benefit and create the tax-efficient income you need in your later years and address financial disruptors as well. Again, we offer a free consultation. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights. We have offices around the greater Cleveland area, and we also do consultations by phone. And don't forget to sign up for our June planning classes. They're free. Lots of helpful information. No product sales, not an investment presentation, but good, helpful information about planning strategies and concepts. You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So also in you know, the month of May, we've been, you know, constant, you know, Wedding, highlighting. Weddings and funerals. And I mean, nur- weddings and not funerals, nursing homes. <laughs> I, I, I picked a funeral over the nursing home yeah. if I was going to, uh, if no. I had to go tomorrow. Um, but yeah, but weddings and nursing homes. All right. Um, and if you come to the class, the retirement class, we, mm-hmm. we, we, we talk about the possible solutions to long-term care. And there are several. Right. I mean, we're, it's just not the, you know, um, you know most people want to know, can, do I have enough to self-insure? You know, right. Do I have enough to cover it? Um, or do I, have, do I have a small enough amount that I can go right on Medicaid? Mm-hmm. Okay. But there's also, there's continuing care community solutions. Right. Home health care is getting more popular. Um People but are, I can tell you it gets expensive depending on how much you right. need. Um, but and then the, the life we're talking about the life insurance industry, they've got hybrids out there. They're getting more popular. But the one that's losing steam carry over the is last the traditional day insurance is the traditional long term care insurance. And that may surprise a lot of people, but it's no surprise to us because mm-hmm. we saw it happen right before our eyes. Mm-hmm. We saw the complete collapse of the long term care insurance industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie, we remember at one time there were easily over a hundred companies selling long-term care insurance in oh, this yeah. country. You know, it's down to probably a dozen, mm-hmm. if that. And and they've priced themselves when clients have gotten quotes. 
It's so outrageous. Um, I don't know how people can afford. I mean, granted the premium, but when you're talking about premiums of 10000 15000 Now, this is a problem if you have a, a long-term care insurance policy. Right. And you know the problem because they probably raised your premiums. But you know what? Some of those people that had those old policies and they've had to use them are so thankful they were lucky enough to get in when the policies were reasonable, and right. they're sure glad when circums life throws curveballs at you that you've had this in place. So, you know, what went wrong with the long-term care insurance industry? Well, you know, ha- now the experts have talked to the the company lead, you know, CEOs and everything, and and, and they kind of got a picture. Well, one, you know, they, they you know, they underestimated how long people, my policyholders were going to live, right? And And what they were thinking is that, the, the long-term care insurance companies were thought that the families would want to keep mom or dad at home as long as possible, meaning they would care for them at home, right? right? Um, well, in reality, that didn't turn out to be the case. Well, and with all these um, dementias and Alzheimer's, sometimes it's not possible unless somebody's willing yeah. to watch someone 24-7. My yeah. grandfather had it. My grandmother had to make the decision. She cared, but when he was, they had an 80-acre yes. farm. He would wander. He would get up in the middle of the night, which is common. It got right. to the point where can he Can she get him in and out of the shower? Are you kidding no. me? If he falls, can, he even, can she even right. get him but up? But even when he was physically able, it was right. the doing dangerous things, throwing... Gasoline on the burn right. barrels. Yeah, usually <laughs> someone is, you know, remember, I always tell yeah, people, physically it's, he it's was not fine. your decision whether you're going into a long-term care facility. Yeah, and, and for him in his 80s, physically, it, that wasn't the issue. And a lot of people have had to retire to take care of mom or dad, but a lot of Americans aren't willing to do that. Or can't afford to do that. Right, right. yeah, right. Um, okay. Secondly, um, the long-term care insurance industry, this is, this is not, they all did this, right? Right. They all followed suit. They all, you know. Um, they over, uh, you know, they overestimated how many policies would lapse every year without a claim. Okay, um, because of either the cancellations of the policies right. or the person would die without ever providing a claim. Right. So the industry had a had a little, you know, had their calculations uh, projected fewer than four hundred of every thousand policies were supposed to remain active after twenty years. That's so they made high, some bad assumptions. You know, um, you know, in, in reality. 800 of 1,000, twice I, that's what, what I they was were thinking, say. kept current, okay? And that completely ruined Look at their, all the assisted living, the home health, or the see, what they nursing thought homes was, popping up. What they thought was that people would buy long-term care insurance policies when they were younger and then live for a while and they never needed it and then figured they can't afford the premium anymore because they'd rather go to Hawaii in retirement. So they would drop the policies. That's what they were planning on. They never wanted to have the liability. Well, that's, that's a faulty assumption. And, and or, or they figured that the people didn't know whether they could afford the premiums forever or not. So they came back and said, because the, the, when the, the, like the, the, the public said, the, the, you know, the professionals said, why were you thinking that way? And, and, exactly, yeah. and, and they were like, well, we, we underestimated the meticulous planning of our clients. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was astounding, you know, uh, uh, revelation. That they underestimated the meticulous of their of the policyholders planning that if they were going to buy a long term care insurance policy that they would be able to afford it till they were ninety years old. Now, Carrie, how many long term care insurance uh, solutions have we come up with clients? And if and if and if they are choosing insurance as right. the solution, 
Don't we usually show that they can afford the premium? Absolutely. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't make, yeah. make that recommendation if they couldn't afford something. Yeah. See, at the state planting, we're that's very like, meticulous planners. Right. Like That's like buying a house but never being able to afford the utilities or the Right. The real estate taxes. taxes yeah. So why would you even consider? Or why would you build a financial plan saying, well, you know, here, you're going to buy it at 60 years old and let's say you just drop it at 80 because if you're not in the long term, if you're not in the facility by 80, why continue paying the premium? Because usually people go into facilities statistically, uh, you know. As a matter of fact, at State Planning Team, we were building in the increases in the, in, in the premiums that the company said they would never increase. Right. Because they always said in their disclosures that they could increase. Right. So, you know, it was a it was a big, you know, problem. And that is why the whole industry, a lot of people believe it will not survive. Mm-hmm. They, they thought they had the perfect model. For the baby boomers mm-hmm. with the long-term care insurance. They thought, you know, they and this is what they told you. They say, hey, we'll sell you a, a, a policy. It'll have an increasing benefit with inflation, right. right? We'll have spousal coverage. We'll have home health care coverage. Right. It'll have survivorship benefits. And we'll, it's, this is the premium, and we'll never raise the premium. Well, they said they could. They could, but they, but they, per, they marketed they, it. And historically, saying, we had not. Right. And then in retrospect now... They're saying that was a crazy model. I wonder if the people originally thought of that model. I bet they're still not around or they're no longer around or weren't. All right. We got a few minutes left. Got another California song? Have you heard this song? You've never heard the first song. Now, I'm sure you've heard this song before. You know who this artist is? Not yet. No? You might have to ask your dad about this. Okay. This was, you know, the, the earlier guy I played, he was 16 years old, right? Okay. Um, the singer here, he was about he was about 23 when he was singing this song. Okay. A little bit older than the, the millennial, you know, okay. YouTuber. Pretty big band, pretty popular. Okay. Any guesses? No. Okay. Led Zeppelin. You ever heard of that? Okay, yeah. Yeah, actually, my roommate in college, I never really listened to Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Before she okay. was a big Zeppelin fan. So I'll dedicate this to my, you know, millennial, uh, actually my Z-Gen, Miracle okay. Child. You know why we call her Miracle Child. Yeah. Because right? <laughs> when Margaret told me at 41 years old she was pregnant, I go, how did that happen? <laughs> and she just said, Margaret must have been a miracle. Right. <laughs> so. Well, that'll be nice to have a week with your daughter. Yeah. And we'll get Daddy, it. daughter. She time. bought a one-way ticket. I um, I bought the uh, right. return flight. Yeah. But, okay, so what else? So, the other thing, too, is um, we're coming up to the second quarter estimated tax mm-hmm. right here. And due do June 15th. And, and we, we bring this to the attention a lot because we still get a lot of clients, Carrie. And there's and some of them are still getting over the returns from last year right. with the new tax law. And how it affects their, you know, how they're going to pay an estimated taxes this year. Whether right. they plan on doing withholding. Or they plan on making quarterly estimates, right? And it's understanding the current year safe harbor and the previous year safe harbor. Because the idea is you don't necessarily want to get big refunds right. every year. Um, now, I know a lot of people make people happy when they get that refund check. But financially, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. right? Why not let the money earn for you? As a matter of fact, it's okay to owe money on April 15th. As long as you owe without penalty. As long as you don't owe too much. Which is why you need to understand... Safe harbors, current year and previous year. Right um, now, so so you know, and a lot of times, Carrie, when 
if you're if you're doing your own tax return, if you're using one of the robots, or if you're using a professional, in April when your return was done, they don't know. They don't. They don't. There's the CPAs, the professionals, are really too busy to talk to you about current year planning, right? Right. And the software, it, it, unless you tell the software differently. It's just going to assume that You're you want to file the previous year safe harbor. It's also just going to assume that whatever withholding you had last year is the same amount of withholding that you're going to have this year. Okay. And it's also assumed that, you know, but that may not be a good assumption. No, because last year, remember, people had adjustments made later in the year because of the new tax law changes on their pensions or W-2 The first, because it took some time for payroll departments. Remember, they had that fiasco with the W-4. Right. And we're so, waiting for the new W-4. So you didn't have a consistent year necessarily of withholding. So maybe you want to look at the current year. Maybe you don't have to pay the fourth, the June estimated payment. Right. So, you know, it's just the idea of maybe you want to sit down with your tax professional or your robot. And now that you have a little bit more data, you know, we're getting to almost the year's half through. And, you know, maybe you want to review what the robot, you know, wanted you to make in your June 15th estimate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, or maybe you don't like making those silly quarterly estimates. So let's have a discussion about... Could you do withholding as mm-hmm. opposed to making the quarterly estimates? Now, obviously, when you're working, withholding is naturally happening on your W-2. Right. But in retirement, well, are you electing withholding on your Social Security federal withholding? Yes or no? A lot of people don't know that they can, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or are you are you taking required minimum distributions? Are you taking planned distributions? Maybe you have an inherited IRA that you have to take a, a required minimum distribution. Are you making withholding elections on that? Can you do it so you can maybe do enough withholding and that way the beauty is that withholding as long as it's withheld by december 31st it's treated as coming evenly throughout the whole year that's the planning opportunity and that's how the estate planning team can help schedule a free consultation or come out to our free educational june planning classes call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 that's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com i'll let you know how the new green economy is happening in la tune in next week for more financial food for thought for more information about the show for estate planning or upcoming seminars call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 thanks for listening Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 